Welcome to From the Ground Up, a podcast about small business funding, entrepreneurship, and current events that influence them. Powered by Tenant Financial Group. Welcome to From the Ground Up podcast. We hope uh, that all of you are doing well and safe in the new year. I think I speak for everyone when I say that we're glad to have 2020 in the rearview mirror and we're excited about what 2021 has in store. Today we have a very special guest that we're excited to share with all of you. She's the CEO of Franserve, the world's largest franchising and consulting organization. And she's CEO and publisher of the Franchise Dictionary Magazine, which is a digital and print publication. She's got 20 plus years experience as a CEO and president. She drives uh, organizational development and she takes companies to the next level, quite frankly, both domestically and internationally. She's an author, professional speaker, entrepreneur. Her motto in life is work hard, play hard, help others, repeat. Alicia, welcome to From the Ground Up. Well, thank you very much. It is a pleasure to be here and indeed, Happy New Year to you. Awesome. So Alicia, when I was preparing for this podcast, I was doing some research. And one of the things that I was cruising your LinkedIn profile is that you have an extensive background in helping people, right? So life coaching were words that I saw. I saw things about helping battered women and veterans with PSD. I wondered before we kind of dive into the minutia about what Franserve does, tell us about some of those things that clearly are passions for you. Well, and I appreciate that and great research on that, right? On knowing a little bit about me on that. And yes, I mean, that really is the whole purpose, right? Of why we're on this planet is to help others. And while I was never a veteran, I never served and I was never battered in any relationship. My goal is always to help other people find their life and career bliss. And I really do feel that, you know, especially in in the roles that I've been in as a leader, as company CEOs, I have the ability to give back and to set examples and to make a difference in this world. And whether it's what I'm doing in my personal life, um, Franser being a PDO, a purpose-driven organization, my first core value in business and in my life is integrity is everything. And so I feel that if I really do feel that we need to make a difference in the world, I have to put the elbow grease in and the time to actually do my part to change the world. Yeah, I love it. I think that's really phenomenal. The idea of a purpose-driven life is one that I embrace myself as a leader in our organization. And and it's one that I strive for. I try to set conditions such that people can do better for themselves and and make a better way in life for themselves. And and it's fulfilling. Honestly, when you uh, succeed at that, that's uh, that's something that's not necessarily day-to-day in the business kind of a thing, but uh, it feels real, really like you're doing the right thing. Uh, over long periods of time. And that's certainly commendable on your part. Could not agree more with that. It is fulfilling in in so many ways. And and you're you're right, you can't put a price on that, but you you can put a feeling to it. Yeah, for sure. Let's kind of transition to uh, Franserve here a little bit, Alicia. I've worked with Franserve since Cheapers, maybe before it was called Franserve. I don't remember so many years ago now, but uh, we've worked together for maybe upwards of a decade. Tell me about Franserve today, Franserve pre-COVID, what's changed? Let's kind of start there and see where this discussion goes, because I know in your business, a lot's changed. Same with ours. What has all of this meant to you at Franserve? Well, I think, you know, being realistic, right? COVID took everyone by surprise. In March, I think the world just held its breath. 
for the most part, to see what was going to happen. It was uncharted waters. No matter how long you've been a CEO or how long you've been in business, we were not prepared for anything like that. None of us had ever experienced anything like that. And it comes down to really trusting your gut, listening to your team, collecting information, and again, finding that spirit that is within the franchise community. So with FranServe, I mean, we were very, very fortunate in that from the beginning, we have been a virtual company. So we didn't have to do the retraining or the tweaking or the pivoting that so many companies did to go from brick and mortar to being a virtual company where we've always worked remote. So, and that's true for hundreds of consultants that we have, for our executive team, for our training, it's always been that way. So we were very fortunate. What we did do was help our brands to pivot to do virtual uh, discovery days, to learn about how to do virtual training. Many of them had never done anything like that. So we put out a plethora of webinars and invited them and did almost like educational type of help to really guide them on how to convert some of their aspects virtually. For us, it was really about taking it and sometimes literally day at a time learning how to continue doing business, yet being sensitive to everything that was going around, still unfolding what was going around. So we had to change things on our website. We had to change the way we did social media. We had to change the messages when we were contacting our candidates and talking to them about business opportunities. We had to be respectful when some of them said, you know what, this is just too much for me to take in right now. I want to wait. And others who said, this is my wake up call. I don't want to be in corporate America. And now I feel like this is the perfect opportunity for my family and I to move forward with our dream. So you had a lot of emotions that were coming through when people were looking at franchising, business, their lives, their family. And I think that was really the point that made us really champion during that time because we would really acquiesce to where everyone was in business. And I think that really is what we all had to do because we really didn't know the path at that time. So I give kudos to the franchise community tremendously for the support that we all gave to one another during that time. Yeah, I can echo that. I I tell you, we kind of, at Tenant Financial Group, just stopped consulting with clients about financing their businesses, and we just slowed down the conversations. It's not uncommon for people to move through a consulting process when they're with us and and step one to step eight, for instance. And we just slowed all of those conversations down and we started listening more because the emotions were tremendous and the stories were astounding. It's just stuff that you you almost don't even believe that you would see in a movie. As we moved away from kind of the day-to-day, as the economy shifted, as things slowed down, as COVID expanded, I found myself doing webinars and consultations and helping our franchisor partners through things like, you know, economic injury disaster loans and PPP loans. I mean, we took down a $100 million line just for PPP loans, just because we had so many of our franchisors asking for help and how to identify and, and locate the PP lender of choice. It was just a completely different realm. But what I loved about it is exactly what you said. The whole industry came together. And it's just something that is just innate 
to franchising in general. We always get together at conventions and and meetings, and we collaborate. Even if we're direct competitors, we share best practices. And that's something that has always been at the core of, of franchising. And it's just something I love about it. Couldn't agree with you more on that. One of my favorite hashtags is that I use all the time is franchise strong. And I really believe in that because it is the community that came together. I'm very involved in the International Franchise Association. And in a heartbeat, we saw all the members coming together and reaching out and doing peer support. And again, as you said, the concept of the financial situation with the brands, I mean, again, that was such a scary, scary time for so many brands, emerging brands, not sure where they were going to do, survive or not. And I got to tell you something, I mean, even talking about it now and, and it's months ago, I still get like that feeling in my stomach, right? In my gut saying, boy, I'm so glad that that at least that part is way behind us, right? Is in the rear yeah, mirror. You're right. But yeah, it was a scary time, right? But what do we do? We hold strong. We hold strong. No doubt. And we did. It's almost like that 1994 O.J. Simpson moment where I, I knew where I was the day of the chase or the day that Kennedy was assassinated. We knew where we were or 9-11. We knew where we were. We think back to, for me, it was March 13th, Friday the 13th, ominously enough. But I mean, that was just a moment in time that I'll just never forget. And talking about it now, it brings me back, like you said, it brings me right back to those same memories. And man, I just, I hope we don't experience that again anytime soon. But but yeah, to jump out of our comfort zone of consulting with clients and they're buying businesses or expanding their businesses and, and doing all the normal banking or, or uh, retirement plan rollover things that we do. And then now all of a sudden we're over here talking about economic injury, disaster loans and, and PPP loans. And those were words that didn't exist 60 days ago. It was just amazing how fast things transpired. But I will say, you know, how amazing it is that the franchise community, right, jumps so quickly to come up with solutions, to provide the support. I mean, that's what we do, right? We jump off cliffs and build our planes on the way down, right? Where corporate America is still trying to, I think, figure it out. And that's what entrepreneurs do. That's the beauty of being in the franchise. You have that community has that entrepreneurial spirit forever. And we move forward. We figure it out. We move forward. We put it into place. We execute. We keep going. What can you say? The franchise family is the best. I'm going to pose this question to kind of both of you, Alicia, to you at the first, and maybe Derek, you can follow up. But as CEOs of organizations, you obviously have a responsibility to your clients, but you also had to lead your team through some of these perilous days. What are some of the ways, what are some of the resources, the thought processes that you put into place to help guide you through that process? I channel my inner superhero. That's what I do. I did meetings dressed in Batman outfits and Supergirl outfits, and I have a whole closet of them. And as crazy as sometimes that sounds during a, you know, a pandemic or something like that, the team always felt that we were going to get through it. We did extra, extra, extra communications. I think that was one of the most important thing. Lots of videos to connect. But it was always that champion attitude. And my team is amazing. They truly are. I know everybody feels that way about their team. I'm no exception. Uh, I'd walk through fire for them and them for me. And again, you know, we have an excess of 600 consultants. So continually communicating to them 
was something that was a challenge with everything going on and information having to be disseminated on a continual basis. So although they they know that I take business very seriously, and I obviously took the pandemic very seriously, I mean, we had people immediately close to us that we lost. They also know I don't take myself seriously and that you have to look forward. You have to not get caught up in the drama that can be spun by the media or that you can get lost in on the news or social media. And I gave specific guidelines to my team about how much time to spend in front of the TV or don't do it at night before you're going to go to bed or how to take in that information without it choking you and filling you with fear. And that's a lot of my experience as a life coach. Are you talking about this week? (laughs) (laughs) So that's really how I did it with my team and with some levity and celebration of every small victory that came about on every level. Yeah, I can't say really that my approach is really all that different, Alicia. Tenant Financial Group, we're, we're a virtual organization as well. We've got employees in 10 states. We've got operations in four. And I had to apologize. I forget what when it was. I, I suppose probably the first week of April, we started doing virtual happy hours. You know, on Friday afternoons, it's been a long week. We just want to get together, share war stories, share successes, celebrate those successes like you described, but do so in a laid back environment to kind of take the edge off a little bit from what is otherwise, it was just a very tumultuous period of time and, and emotions ran high. And so it was nice for us to kind of relax, come together, laugh. We did trivia a number of times, little awards that we could give away, things that we could do to just get people out of the day-to-day to the extent that we could and just try and end the week every week on a happy note. And and we did a number of those and it always seemed to take the edge off. And so it was fun for what it was. And we still do virtual happy hours as a, as a result of what started in the pandemic. And in a virtual environment like we operate in, that's for us, it's kind of become an opportunity to come back together. And because we don't really look around uh, the corner of our cubicle and and talk to our colleagues necessarily, it gives us an opportunity to come together and and share some ideas. You have such a rock star team. I can't imagine that anything would hold them down too long. So I I can see how you would give them the the space and to kind of blow off some steam and, and the virtual and some fun. I'll tell you, I think before the pandemic, I mean, you said Zoom. I mean, I think I was on maybe one Zoom call all of 2019 and in 2020. I think I was on Zoom literally like five or six hours at at a day, right? But you had to, yeah. Yeah, and I had never heard of it before. Honestly, I'd never even heard of Zoom. I didn't even know what it was. And uh, somebody says, hey, we got to have a Zoom account. We got to start doing Zoom calls. I thought that was some kind of a telephone or I didn't know what a Zoom call was. Do I have to run to Verizon and grab a Zoom phone or what what are we doing here? We actually had to send out uh, we did it with our franchisors and, and our partners and our consultants, like tips at the beginning. Remember, like, you know, about lighting and how to be in the camera. And we did all of that. Yeah. Now what? Everybody's an expert on Exactly. Zoom. Exactly. Totally. Totally. Let's get into a little bit of the details for folks who don't really understand what a franchise, French serve coach or consultant does and how they work the process. Tell us a little bit about We might dive a little bit deeper, but at a high level, what's the elevator pitch on what you guys do? 
in the industry, we're called consultants, coaches, brokers. It's all the same, right, in terms of uh, understanding what we do. And basically what our consultants do is we help people to explore the opportunities of franchise ownership. Many times people want to own a franchise. They start looking at something. They can become overwhelmed in a heartbeat. They don't realize that there's so many choices out there. The fear comes up. And what happens is they're like, oh, I, you know, I thought this was going to be something I could do. I'll put this on the back burner until I'm ready. A franchise consultant with Franserve will help that candidate look at franchise brands in ways that will meet their goals, their financial investments, their lifestyle, what they're looking for for their future. So our consultants really do a exploratory conversations and work more as a buddy, as a coach, as an advisor to help them explore brands. That's probably a long elevator pitch, like if you're going from the first floor to the 30th floor. <laughs> but in essence, that's what it is. Well, did things change on your end, Alicia? I mean, I, I talked at uh, Tenant Financial Group. We had to slow down and do more listening and, and a little less talking, uh, kind of shut our mouths and open our ears here a little bit more. And, and was that kind of the general sense of things as, as with consultants? I mean, did you guys experience the same thing where people just wanted to tell you what was going on in their lives more so than just follow a process? Yes, absolutely. What we did during the time especially was we coached our consultants to expand their time, you know, when they were booking appointments because people absolutely wanted the human connection, wanted to talk. And, you know, that actually worked very well for our consultants because there's always a silver lining somewhere, right? You have to sometimes really look for it, but they got much more information and closer to their candidates because of the situation and because people really wanted to chat. People really wanted to talk and have a, a human being, a, a familiar conversation. So it, it actually helped our consultants fine tune. It worked out very well, but yes, we that was something we learned early on book out longer appointments because it's going to happen. Awesome. There's been brands that have struggled because of this circumstance, no doubt about that. But there's also brands that have really flourished. What are some of the things that you guys have seen going into 21 that are like, maybe both sides of that, but any bigger takeaways in general about how the evolution of the franchise space has occurred a little bit? Yeah, you know, it's very interesting because I do talk about franchise strong and we always move forward, but sometimes things change, right? I always say that you have to make hay when the sun is shining, right? So yes, some brands, some industries, some categories definitely were struggling. We all know that some of the food industries were struggling, not ones with drive-throughs, but more of the traditional, right, where you're sitting down in restaurants and things of that nature, but for the first time, and those are all considered like the sexy brands and people go to them, they think what franchising is, you know, only food. You know, for the one of the first times in a long time, we had non-sexy brands, right? Things like the home services or cleaning businesses, commercial cleaning, uh, residential cleaning, things that typically people don't run to, right? Painting and things like that, that they don't typically think that they were flocking to. So anything that was an essential business, of course, if it was open during the pandemic, that was a very attractive business model. You had essential businesses, but you also had so many of the quote unquote unsexy but stable businesses that would not normally be lit up in a normal circumstance, 
definitely were on fire. I've had brands that had banner years, record years for 2020. And we ended up for 2020 hugely, hugely successful. And that's because we pivoted. There was that word. Because we pivoted and we worked with our consultants to redefine what it was that people were looking for right now. And that was critical in order to make or break people wanting to go into franchising or not. So I think that was critical in terms of now, having said that, looking at the end of 2020, people are social animals. So we did see and still do see people coming back into looking at some of the more traditional restaurants, thinking that, A, this is not going to last forever. We'll go back to having a real life. And so when you get space, commercial space right now, very inexpensive, you can get great deals on leases. And when you're doing a brick and mortar that takes planning, it doesn't open up tomorrow. So there's that longer strategy that in a year or so, this kind of business will be rocking. And so I want to open that type of business. So we're seeing that. We're seeing people now not just caught in the moment, but looking further out right now. So we're seeing it on both sides, which is, you know, hallelujah. Yeah. If I rewind the tape back to uh, 2009, I lived through a lot in uh, the past 20 years that I've been in this business. But we saw, of course, 9-11. We saw the, the financial crash of 08. And and so as I look back at 09, I see a lot of similarities. We came out of the financial crisis and people were, of course, scared. When they did start buying businesses, they bought what seemed to be largely service businesses. And the corollary, of course, was, gosh, when we were all at home, what did we want? We wanted services. And we talked about them as essential services. You know, it's kind of how they were defined as time went on through the pandemic. But boy, we are doing the exact same kinds of deals in 2020 and now 2021 that we did in 09 and 2010. And the next iteration of this evolution is exactly what you described. The real estate concepts come back because we're going to see opportunities in front of us. Real estate costs are low. People say, gosh, the build-out process is elongated. So surely in six months, eight months, a year, we're going to be living in a much more normal environment. I want to capitalize on that now. So 09 looks a whole lot like 2020. I guess is really what I'm saying from a financing perspective and development perspective. That's really what uh, really what I what I've noticed. Yeah, let's talk about financing and how the money availability is. That was obviously a big issue back in '09. How is that different? I'll go to you first, Derek and Alicia, if you want to follow up with that. Yeah, it's it's dramatically different. I mean, it's completely different. In 2008, the financial crisis happened. Of course, banks went out of business. Small businesses went out of business. The availability of capital was limited, to say it nicely. The ability for somebody to access capital in 2009 was virtually non-existent. Not only was a lender not going to lend to a small business, they certainly weren't going to lend to a startup small business. Okay? So in America, we're asset rich and cash poor. That's how it is. Okay? The assets for the average American are in two places. One is in home equity, which was devastated in, in 2008, okay? And the other is in retirement plan money. So in 2009, people, it was kind of a forced entrepreneurship era, and they only had retirement plan money to work with. So we did a tremendous number of rollover deals, largely for service brands at the time, as I described earlier, 
Today, that's not the case. Certainly, we can do rollover deals. The stock market's up, lots of people, lots of money. That's not a problem. We're still asset rich. Our assets are still in home equity and retirement plans. But moreover, the banks have got exceptional liquidity, and they're looking for deals. Now, it's a little different if you're a public gathering franchise where, or a gym or something where people go to in, in large quantities. Those kinds of brands are a little slower on the rebound from a banking perspective. Make no mistake about it, lenders only make money if they lend money, and they've got a lot of it to lend. And so it's a completely different landscape than it was in 2009 as a result. Yeah, and I'll just follow up and say we see that, and we feel it, and we hear it. You hit it right on, no surprise, right? Your expertise, you hit it right on, on the head there because we feel it now. People feel that there's money. They see the, you know, the SBA, they see it, they feel it. So there's still excitement about that potential of owning a business instead of everything just being locked, all the money locked up and you can't have it. So whole different spirit and feel about that. The one difference this time around has been that so many lenders, I told you, we took down $100 million bucks for PPP loans for all of our franchisor partners. And boy, that just inundated the banks. There was no commercial lending at all for, golly, largely three or four months. Nothing happened other than PPP loans. It was all hands on deck just to do that. And so that kind of stifled things. We've got another cycle of PPP loans coming out now. My hope is that this might be a little bit better, more of an ironed out process than it was the first time around, but there is a potential for it to slow things down again uh, in, in the commercial lending space. I hope that's not the case, or at least not to the extent that it was the first time, but that is the the, the one difference this time than it was in 09. It sounds like there's some real opportunity, some real incentives, I guess you would say, to spur on people to start businesses and open businesses. What would you tell uh, Alicia, how would you respond to somebody saying, is this a good time? I don't, I don't know. We, and we get that question, right? Quite a bit, right? Is this the best time? Part of it is from my life coaching, right? The best time is when it works for you. I mean, life is going to move forward. Tomorrow's going to happen. If you're not happy today, you're not going to be happy tomorrow. And most people, they want to own their own business. It's a desire for so many. and But the fear comes up right? It's the fear that pulls them back. And that's why working with a consultant, working with funding specialists, working with people who have gone through this, help people go through it, really is a life changer. And one of the things that I talk about is that we do change people's lives. And that sounds so dramatic, I know, but the reality is we do. We take people who can't stand what they're doing now or or the opposite. They want to keep their job. They want to be a, a, an investor, right? They want to be a, a semi-absent investor, right? Or passive. We can help them with that. So the idea of when is it the perfect time? Well, my favorite time is now o'clock, right? That's my favorite time because life is going to happen. And tomorrow's going to happen. Next month's going to happen. And if you don't do something, where are you going to be tomorrow, next month, next? You're going to be in the same situation. So obviously that's not working for you or you wouldn't be thinking about changing your life. So the hardest part is taking that baby step. If they just reach out, if they take that tiny little baby step, we can all help them move forward and at their pace. And what's so great about working with the consultant, there's no charge to anyone 
who wants to work with the FranServe consultant. The franchisors take care of all payments to the consultant, so there's no charge to the candidate. Candidate doesn't pay anymore for the franchise. It's all the same. So you almost have to ask, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to work with someone who has inside information in terms of knowing the brands, can move it forward, can put them into touch with great funding people, right? So why wouldn't you want to do that? And it's because they don't know all of the things that a franchise consultant can do. So that's why we say reach out. All you have to do is throw out that first branch, right? And the other thing that I will say is, Lots of people who want to become a business owner and they may want to be a franchise owner, but sometimes the circumstances for them, the flexibility, the ability to, to not have territories, it actually works better for them to be a France or franchise consultant. And that's another path that they're welcome to explore with us. We're growing like crazy, and I actually am in need of more franchise consultants to handle what's going on now with the growth that's happening. So there's a lot of different paths in franchising, and all they have to do is step out, start exploring. We go slow. We go at their pace. The franchisors are all looking to make the right connection, so it's not like there's crazy. We have to do everything now. And that's really what it is. It's just an opportunity for people to reach out and fulfill the dream that they have in their gut, in their soul, and in their heart. Yeah, I think it's changed a little bit in the years I've been around. There was this perception that franchising was just, to use an expression an old friend of mine would say, is a heartbeat and a check. And that's changed now to be, we want the right people in our organization. And I think the quality in franchise concepts has proven that out. I think a lot of it has to do, too, because the franchising space has changed. Like we said, there's so many now that are more affordable, right, that they, there's less fees involved. It's a smaller footprint. So you can have more people come in. So it's like dating, right? We help them date, get to know the franchisors, and then they're going to get married. That's going to be a long-term relationship. You want a good fit. So we have franchisors who truly take the time for the right candidate, because that's one of the, it's like, that's one of the worst things you can do, right? Is, is match people up and, and it's not the right fit for them. It's not good for the franchise or it's not good for the candidate. So that's why it's good. And people can at a certain point say, yeah, I explored this one. It's not right for me. Or the franchise can say, you know what? We don't think you're the best match here. Maybe we can help you with something else. And that's really why there's more than vanilla ice cream, right? Everybody can have their flavor. For sure. For sure. What are you excited about, Alicia? We've been through so much through 2020, both of our companies. Going forward, you've seen maybe the worst of times. Uh, you've seen things certainly get better. What are you guys excited about? Rub the crystal ball 10, 12 months from now. Life's better because of what? I think what will happen is I think that this will be a wake-up call. I think this has been a wake-up call. I think as we morph into different sort of going back to work, not going back some virtual... There's a lot of people now who, A, don't want to do the commute anymore, have spent a lot of time with their family, right, and now value that, really want that work-life balance. They see it. They've experienced. And I think part of the other problem, you know, I likened it to, like, when I was at college and I used to come home on breaks and my parents would want to tell me I had a curfew at 10 o'clock. And I'd say, are you kidding? I've been living on my own all this time. I, I'm not living by your rules. 
I think that's true for a lot of people who have been working at home. They don't want to go back now and be under the thumb and be told they have a 15 minute work break and that you have to be here at five o'clock. And yet I think people want to live their lives the way they want to with their family and work hard and have a balanced life and enjoy it. And that that jazzes me up, if you can't tell, right, is helping people to find that. And that's why I love being in the franchise space, because what's the tagline? Be in business for yourself, but not by yourself. And there's no better support than franchising, because there's the blueprint model of success that gets duplicated. So uh, for anybody who's listening, reach out, do something that changes your life. Because as I said, tomorrow's going to come. And where are you going to be if you haven't taken the step forward? I was just going to ask you that, Alicia, maybe as we as we get ready to wrap up here. I know David's got a few things on he wants to chat about on the way out. But how do people get a hold of you? How do people get a hold of FranServe? I mean, can you where, where do I go for more information? Best thing is to do is go to our website and that's franserve with the it's f-r-a-n-s-e-r-v-e franserve.com that's the best way to go to it you can be able to reach out to us you'll be able to get information we'd love to talk to you and again it's just chatting and knowing what your life's about and what you're looking to do awesome back to my reference to researching i noticed a catchphrase that i made a note of and that was uh finding freedom through franchising right and that's the beauty of it that's what puts the passion in us to do these shows and to be in this business we're similar at tenant from a perspective of we want to help people make good decisions and ultimately help change their lives for the better and that's that's such a that really does help you sleep better at night well, once again, this has been a great show. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to share some of your insights, some telling us about your organization so that we can tell our audience about your organization. We really encourage you guys to reach out to FranServe. If this is something that you've considered and been mulling over and, hey, now it's January, it's time to maybe step out, do it. There's no risk. Take the time and do some research. Once again, from From the Ground Up podcast, we appreciate you guys hanging with us. We've had a, a great year. We're looking forward to a great 21. We've got a lot of fun episodes planned for this coming year. As always, we're always looking for feedback on the topics that we talk about. We're going to come up with some cool stuff for you guys and appreciate all of our listeners very much. You can find us on all the major podcasting platforms, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, all of them. Anywhere that you get your podcast, we're there. So please go there, subscribe, hit that subscribe button so you get updated when we post a new episode. Thanks again for joining us today and thanks for our guest today. Have a great one.